You're listening to Payday, the global payroll podcast from CloudPay. And I'm your host, David Barak. People are realizing that sleepy old payroll (laughs) that uh, people have thought was just a transactional commodity type of relationship is really the intersection point for all of those talent practices. We think of finance as numbers and math, which it is. But when you talk about what you get paid, it's putting a number dollar value on your time. Joining me on the podcast today is Molly Lombardi, co-founder and CEO of Aptitude Research Partners. She's here to talk to us about the fascinating intersection between HR, payroll, and fintech. It's one thing to translate a dollar figure into a different currency. It's a whole other thing to translate what does payroll and benefits mean to individuals in that culture. And it really is a parallel between what employers and employees are doing. Employers are looking at this financial data and payroll data to make the right decisions for their company. Individuals are looking at their payroll and financial data to make the best decisions for themselves as individuals and as families. Welcome to another episode of Payday. Today I'm joined by Molly Lombardi, CEO of Aptitude Research, to discuss fintech, HR, and how both are converging with payroll. These are very relevant topics today, especially as more college graduates enter the workforce and provide new opportunities for employers to attract talent and succeed. Molly, welcome to the Payday Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you, Molly. Before we dive in, could you give a quick overview of your company, what you focus on, and how it relates to payroll? Sure. So we are a research-based analyst and research firm. We look at the whole spectrum of human capital management, from uh, talent acquisition to talent management to core HR and payroll, and really try to understand the intersection of technology and strategy and culture and how organizations bring those together to achieve results. And uh, personally, I've been spending a lot of time in the past few years looking at payroll. It's one of those uh, absolutely fundamental pieces of HR and human capital management. Uh, I always say it's not a job if you don't get paid. It's uh, the core definition of the employer-employee relationship. So we've been looking really hard at how technology and strategy around payroll are impacting uh, businesses. Great. Well, thank you, Molly. It's great to have you here. I think this is a relevant conversation for HR, payroll professionals, and really multinational organizations overall. I suppose we should jump right into the convergence of payroll and fintech. And you know, in some ways, this is two worlds colliding for me. I came out of the fintech space to join payroll a few years ago, and I remember just how quickly the fintech industry was changing and evolving. In some ways, very similar to what I've been seeing in the global payroll space where technology has come to disrupt a lot of the legacy assumptions and processes. So, Molly, what is the fintech industry and how should HR and payroll professionals think about it in relation to their own functions? Absolutely, yeah. It's been amazing to see how technology has brought things that we used to think were uh, separate together. But certainly, when you talk about fintech, the core definition is really simple. It's basically... Uh, using technology, modern technology, to execute on finance and banking procedures. And so, uh, like many uh, terms in our industry, there's a lot of different definitions, but at its core, it's using technology to sort of disrupt and enhance banking and finance. And what we're seeing is as people make the connection between 
their personal finance, which typically comes from their income from, from a paycheck, you know, from their employer, and their ability to invest or to uh, look into other, you know, uses for their finance and their money. We're seeing this convergence of how organizations can take advantage of that technology to offer benefits around payroll that are really enhancing the relationship. And what's really interesting that is that the types of benefits that organizations are using to attract and retain talent are becoming more diverse, right? So there's the rise of uh, benefits like company-sponsored childcare, senior care, even pet care, and really a wider array of financial education and products. What all of that amounts to for me is a change in the employee-employer contract and a change in expectations. Why do you think that's happening right now? Well, I think we're seeing some really interesting changes in expectations on um, sort of multiple ends of the socioeconomic uh, uh, plane, because we're seeing innovation that's helping people who may be at the lower end of the economic plane in terms of helping them with things like on-demand pay, helping them with financial education, uh, helping them really understand what their money can do for them. And then we're also seeing people who are getting involved in more sophisticated financial instruments and seeing their company as a benefit uh, of helping them take advantage of them, things like micro-investing, things like you mentioned in terms of student loan repayment or other benefits. So we're really seeing this um, change in how willing employees are to look to their employer for some of these uh, points of information and points of access to financial instruments. So it's been really interesting. I think some of us are of the generation where we uh, really separated our personal finances or personal decisions from our employer, but we're really seeing this, again, convergence of looking to your employer not only for that paycheck, but for really those uh, choices that you're making around how you use those, that paycheck and use that money to enhance your life. Yeah, and, and that, that's really interesting. Now, are, are you thinking that there's, and maybe you've seen some of this in your research, is there a relationship between what an employee is expecting from their employer based on location and generation that you've seen kind of uh, develop? Well, I certainly think the younger generation seems to be more open to this idea of their their employer being more involved in their finances because we're seeing the um, the advent and the growth of things like um, bill paying services where your uh, payroll company may be able to take all the names and addresses of your your gas bill and your electric bill and your rent even or your mortgage and pay all those bills for you and put into your bank account what's left almost like your allowance you know after uh, your your expenses are taken care of. So I think there's something of a generational uh, impact of that because I think the younger generations are just more used to that transparency and flow around their personal information. But I also think there's certain things in terms of different job types. People who are hourly workers uh, might be looking for different benefits than people who are um, commissioned versus you know highly salaried. So I think the, the way people are compensated, it's also starting to impact the way they're expecting to be paid. Um, so we're starting to see some bifurcation along those types of lines as well. Yeah, and I think if you think about it geographically, just thinking about CloudPay itself, we have an office in the Philippines, and for many of those employees, we've actually, as an organization, set up savings accounts for them. Yeah. And, um, and that's just from our own experience here. Do you see any of those kind of things developing in other regions? Absolutely. You know, we often talk about uh, translation versus localization when we're talking about language. And so there's the direct translation of the words, but then there's also the, the meaning behind them within the, the culture. And I think we're seeing a similar thing with pay. It's one thing to translate uh, a dollar figure into a different currency. It's a whole other thing to translate what does payroll and benefits mean to uh, individuals in that culture. 
So we're really seeing a need to not only be able to technically transfer money and convert currency, but also really be able to um, administer and interact and connect with people around that payroll in a way that's culturally appropriate and meaningful to them uh, in that region. Yeah. So, so let's kind of go back to the discussion around fintech and payroll. Sure. And tie in a little bit of a geographic element here. So let's take an example of something that we all take for granted right now, the frequency with which employers get paid, right? In many European countries, it's typically once per month for full-time employees. And across the U.S., it's typically been a couple of paychecks per month. And most payroll processes in global organizations are built around these paydays. And in many cases, payroll has been inefficient, sometimes taking weeks. But that inefficiency hasn't cost it employees yet because of those long uh, payroll uh, periods. But we know that some fintech providers are turning this on its head, right? Take an app like Acorn. It's designed to introduce millennials and non-traditional investors to the stock market by making micro-investments with their spare change. And as more millennials become better acquainted with the time value of money, they're going to start asking themselves why their employers aren't paying them more frequently. And at the end of the day, or maybe even at the end of each shift or at the end of each hour, and that way they can put that money in the safe money market and earn some accrued interest or pay off student debt faster. Do you see this developing into something payroll professionals will have to contest with soon in terms of how it impacts their payroll processes? Yeah, we're already seeing an impact, and for a couple of reasons. Some, to your point, about people who want to control the time value of their money in a different way. Also, we're seeing it from a sort of uh, socioeconomic reality. In the U.S. in particular, in our research, we discovered um, some really interesting things around the fact that um, like 7% of the uh, U.S. citizens don't have a bank account, and one in five workers are what we call underbanked, meaning they utilize a check cashing service or a payday loan at least a couple of times a year. And so we're seeing this um, need for people to, uh, or desire for people to want to get access to their money more quickly. And so we're already seeing this uh, becoming a differentiator, particularly in the hour mar- hourly market, to be able to say, I might be able to pay you the same annual salary, but I can give it to you when you want it and how you want it. So we're able to either pay on demand at the end of a shift, which particularly you think about things like waitressing or bartending or being uh, you know, in another tip-based industry, as opposed to having to wait for the end of the week or the end of the month. And especially because so many people pay with credit cards now instead of cash you're now able to walk out of your shift with a pay card loaded with all your tips after taxes and all that calculated as as opposed to having to wait. And so it's really changing that dynamic of helping people make choices around um, on-demand pay. And it's something we're already seeing that organizations are having to deal with. And so they're looking to providers to help them uh, handle this diversity of of pay uh, as well. Yeah, and that's really an integration game, but it's also an efficiency game, right? You're going to have to process payroll a lot faster. Yeah, and that's why we're seeing the innovation in um, you know, moving things to the cloud, being able to have faster processing speeds, being able to separate some of the transaction engines so that you have that kind of speed and ability to do those calculations and really removing the, the batch process from uh, payroll, the batch mentality to be able to say, we have access to this information in the moment. Let's use that to our advantage. You know, one of the things that fintech companies spend a lot of time doing is coming up with new models for assessing a borrower's creditworthiness, right? Yeah. 
And one thing that's really interesting to me is whether fintech lenders are going to start integrating with payroll providers to issue credit to borrowers, right? So just think about all the things used to build a credit profile right now, right? So you're looking at FICO scores, you're looking at debt to income, but having data about how much a consumer gets paid, their latest performance review, maybe their pay dates, that can allow fintech companies to offer even lower interest rate loans to those that are in good standing with their companies because they're lower risk. Do you think that's something we're going to see as a benefit that organizations are going to tout that we integrate with certain fintech providers and that'll allow us to give our employees lower rates or even lower their mortgage, which is a huge savings? I think it's really going to become a differentiator as organizations are able to do that especially when we think about you know, people who are coming out of college with extreme debt, the housing market, who knows what's going to continue to happen. It always goes up and down. And certainly no matter what the market rates are for mortgages, less is always better. <laughs> so I think people are realizing that their financial picture involves not only their income from their employer, but what they're spending it on. And if employers are able to leverage their capital in the markets, so to speak, and be able to get people who work for them better rates and better benefits around their finances, I think it's going to continue to become a differentiator. We're already seeing um, student loan repayment companies offering refinance that might be able to um, get better rates than people could individually because of their association with an employer. The fact that they know their employer is uh, behind them and they know that they can get direct payments from the, the employer uh, becomes a lot safer to offer some of that credit and becomes a lot more accessible for some of those instruments to people who might not have had them before. Yeah, and Molly, a lot of the things we're talking about, I think, are a little bit future-oriented, and some of them are theoretical. But, you know, I mentioned Acorn. Are you seeing any other, both fintech providers or even payroll providers or HCM players, already doing this or thinking about how to do this correctly? Absolutely. We're seeing multiple providers who are offering things like pay cards. Um, That's been a little more traditional in terms of offering you you know, to load your cash, so to speak, on pay cards, but they're offering even more frequency around them. Um, there's companies like Gratify, who uh, is a student loan refinance. It's not only offering um, student loan repayment programs as an employee benefit, student loan refinancing, but also now offering benefits around savings for your own children's education. So really giving people options instead of just the traditional 401k savings options. You know, people at different phases of their life may have different needs for what they're looking for. And so to be able to use these different tools to help either take care of your own loans or think about planning for the future, as opposed to just the investment people make in a 401k, is really giving people choice and flexibility around what they want. Let's take a quick break from the show and consider all of the regulatory, socioeconomic, and cultural considerations that you need to be aware of when doing payroll around the globe. To help multinational organizations better understand these, we've put together dozens and dozens of guides and made them available on payrollguides.com. I encourage you to visit that page, pick a few countries you'd like to better understand, and read those free guides. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's move from fintech and payroll to HR and payroll. So taking that a step further, what we were just talking around, you could see how that kind of benefit could be offered to attract new talent. If a company can work with fintech providers to reduce the interest rate of mortgages, student loans for its employees, 
that's potentially a huge savings for consumers and a new strategy for attracting talent. So do you think it'll have impact on how organizations go and source global talent and how they compensate them? I think so. I think we're already starting to see it happen a little bit as well. People are thinking differently about, again, that relationship. And people are realizing that sleepy old payroll <laughs> that uh, people had thought was just a transactional commodity type of uh, relationship is really the intersection point for all of those talent practices. If you want to offer that really interesting compensation package to attract a particular type of talent, it has to have a lot of connections to payroll, you know, connecting to pay for those benefits or to pay for those different, uh, different aspects. If you want to retain a superstar and so you want to do things interesting in terms of their um, compensation or um, you know, variable compensation, all of those things have to run through payroll. So I think we're really starting to see the value of those processes and we're starting to see the value of the data. I mean, it's such a rich source of data, validated data, some of the most verified and validated data in your entire organization, being able to use that data to improve um, not only what you offer to employees and how you manage your investment in labor, but also to manage the, the payroll process itself to be most efficient and most effective for both the company and for employees. One of the ways I think about this problem is that the payroll department was originally designed to cater to the needs of the organization, and now we're really starting to see an emergence of a consumer-driven payroll function. Are you seeing some of that in your research? Absolutely. And it's interesting when you look at the history of payroll, um, it really started because organizations had to respond to the demands of the government. You know, it wasn't just cutting paychecks for employees, but they had to respond to taxation code and be able to you know, calculate that in, in, in accordance with the, the rules and regulations of government. And so we really saw it being about compliance and driven by um, the need to be more efficient and effective to, to deal with those kind of rules. Now we're seeing a shift towards, to your point, this consumer-driven. And we're seeing organizations, there's one organization I talked with last year that was combining everything that made you show up ready and able to work into what they called you know, a well-being a function. And it included payroll, it included benefits, it included financial wellness, as, long, as well as things like scheduling and workforce planning and uh, lots of other uh, engagement and other education initiatives. And I thought it was a really interesting way to think about your payroll data and the way you're educating people around their, their income, which can cause stress, which can cause medical problems, which can lead to absences. They were really looking at this holistic picture of how pay and information around pay impacted ability of workers to show up, you know, able to concentrate and able to, to really put their effort into their work. Yeah, it's really the, the full spectrum of the employee experience that's being looked at now, right? It really is. And, you know, we talk about I work for, you know, I love my job and I get fulfillment. That may be true, but a lot of us probably wouldn't do our day-to-day -day job if we didn't need some sort of financial compensation for it. You know, um, we do work to, to get a financial income. And so really being able to understand how that impacts your ability to take care of your kids and to give you some value, you know, in terms of your, um, your desire to, to fulfill your, your potential and understanding how finance really impacts the rest of your life is important because people are showing up at work with all that baggage. And the more we can help them um, you know, alleviate stress around that and be able to do good work and be more successful and earn more money and have more self-worth, I think, is really uh, an interesting shift of how we think about what payroll is. Yeah, it's it's one of the hardest things to quantify as well, right? The emotional side of payroll and, and HR. 
And it is so interesting because we think of finance as numbers and math, which it is. But it's really when you talk about what you get paid, it's putting a number dollar value on your time. And so that can be really emotional as well. So finding ways to help people deal with that emotion and that um, sort of sensitivity around finance is, I think, important, as important as getting the, the paycheck accurate. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the HR function specifically. So based on your research and experience, what would you say or maybe who would you say is driving this convergence? Is it HR looking to build a more complete function or is payroll looking to be a more integrated role in the business? And does that affect how companies see either the value or the urgency of merging those functions and systems together? Yeah, I think we're seeing both. Uh, it's being driven from both sides. I think payroll uh, uh, is really realizing that they have this wealth of data. They have this ability to really impact the business. They're not just, quote unquote, um, a, a function of calculating the hours versus you know, multiplied by the rate of pay. They're really realizing they have this wealth of data and information so they can assist their organization in ways they hadn't before. And we're also seeing the organization say, I've pulled every lever for functionality and, and um, the ability to improve performance in our organization. How can I use our ability to not just pay more, but pay differently uh, as an advantage to help me achieve my goals uh, in terms of my business? So I think we're seeing it from both sides. But I think payroll organizations are looking at this as an opportunity to step up. And it may be a little scary for some of them because it hasn't been a role they've traditionally been in. But I think it's a real opportunity where the business and, and payroll function can come together to you know, create an environment that makes it much better for their employees and then really lets them do their best for the company. And it's really kind of an emergence of a more influential and more powerful employee that's driving this kind of connection, right? But there's also business benefits to doing this. So there's a whole lot of data in HR that's typically been ignored, you know, assuming it's not used for for calculating headcount. So in, in your research just from this past year compared to maybe a couple of years ago, are you seeing more interest and more of an appetite in organizations to consume that data and integrate it into business decisions? Yeah, across the board, we're seeing a hunger for data. And so people are realizing that you know, performance data is important, financial data is important, and we're really seeing this deeper understanding of how to use data as well. I think, you know, when you think about five, 10 years ago, people saw, saw analytics or HR analytics or pay analytics and said, oh, I want to get some of that. I don't really know what it means, but I think I need analytics. <laughs> and now we're seeing it less as a, um, you know, quote unquote, analytics as a separate function and really realizing it's part of how we operate, part of how we make decisions. And people are really being critical about where are all the data sources within my company that I can bring together to make the best data driven decisions. And it really is a parallel between what employers and employees are doing. Employers are looking at this financial data and payroll data to make the right decisions for their company. Individuals are looking at their payroll and financial data to make the best decisions for themselves as individuals and as families. Let's take a short break from the show, and I want to direct your attention to payrollassessment.com. It's a tool we put together with one of the leading analyst firms in the space to help multinational organizations better understand the maturity of their payroll and their HR functions. I encourage you to visit payrollassessment.com and give it a try. Now, let's get back to the show. 
And Molly, when when I look at our subscriber base, those that listen to this podcast, most of them are, you know, heads of global payroll or in the payroll function. A lot of them are uh, CHROs or heads of HR. So what do all of these convergences around fintech and payroll that we discussed today and HR and payroll, what do they mean for how organizations process payroll today? Yeah, I think it really is an impact on the speed and the ability to have visibility and transparency. So the ability for um, the partners and tools people use around payroll to serve these multiple uh, constituencies, you know, managers and leaders need access to analytics and to the broad, transparent view of where the payroll process is and how money is moving and how that's correlated to performance, et cetera. Um, the Payroll admin staff needs a very different view of how to execute the process, how to manage the process, how to benchmark their process against other people to make sure it's efficient and effective. And individuals are accessing payroll for their own individual information. So we're seeing this multiple different uses of the same data set that are allowing people to use that data in new ways, depending on where their their point of view is in the in the company. So I think it's been really interesting to see how these different groups are utilizing the same set of information, but for very different purposes. So th- that's absolutely right, right? So it's it's the visibility that the payroll functions typically lacked. It's the speed with which all of that needs to be done, which the current payroll cycles have afforded the payroll function some inefficiencies. But do you also see, you know, we're, we're talking about the employee and what influence they're going to have over the payroll function and over the HR function and really around how the organizations cater to the employees' needs. But those employees are different across the globe. The workforce requirements are very different across different regions. So do you see an increased need for customization within the payroll function to cater to those different regions and audiences? Absolutely. It's about how, sort of as we spoke about earlier, that translation and localization, the ability to understand how and what pay means within those cultures, within those regions, adhering to the laws and the compliance regulations, as well as the sort of human (laughs) expectations, and then being able to have visibility of that at the top uh, universally across the organization. So I think this ability to have partners and have tools that let people sort of deal with both ends of that spectrum, transparency on the local level to be able to understand and help individuals um, understand their pay. And then, then at the sort of global level and organizational level to be able to see how can I look across my entire organization, see where my efficiencies are, see how I benchmark in terms of the processes, see how my investment in labor, which is always a significant one for organizations, is really being used um, when I look across the entire organization. And so I think we're really seeing that um, you know, translate into a really strong need today for partners and tools to let people look at that macro and micro level of their their data. Yeah. And, you know, Molly, in an earlier podcast, we sat down with uh, some subject matter experts and talked about the value of integration between the payroll function and other functions. And at the time, we were really talking about integrating with HR applications or benefits or talent applications, which are kind of your traditional players when when you think about system integrations. But what about integrating with fintech organizations such as, I think you mentioned a company called Gratify, a company like Acorn. So consumers may want some of their paycheck money moving directly into those applications so that they can deploy that and uh, accrue interest. 
So what do you think is going to happen to the integration landscape and the story moving from, okay, we just want basic integration to the HR application to now thinking broadly into all of the consumer applications that you might want to integrate with in order to really attract uh, the, the workforce that you want? I think it's a really exciting opportunity, but one that really makes it important for people to think about when they pick their core HR provider or core HR tools. Because if you don't pick a solution that allows you to integrate, to your point, not only within uh, internal enterprise applications, but these external benefit applications, it's going to be uh, an increasingly big problem. And so I think organizations need to think very carefully about their core payroll relationships because they want to be able to integrate all of these things. And so the more you take that into account, the easier it's going to be uh, as you add, add these other um, sort of add-on benefits. And I think it's an exciting time, though, because people can really think differently about how they attract and retain and really add value to the relationship with their employees. But it's going to be a real headache if organizations haven't thought first about how their core systems are able to integrate. So I think we're going to see increasingly um, the core providers, you know, building APIs and building connections and these benefits, really thinking about how do I not just sort of show up as a standalone um, you know, relationship with the organization, but how do I really integrate and utilize the power of the payroll, the core payroll functionality? So I think um, it's super important to be able to think about that from the beginning, or as you think about your ongoing relationship with your provider. Yeah, and Molly, a lot of our so a lot of our customers are listeners of this podcast, but we also have a number of subscribers that are still working at organizations where the payroll functions really outsource to a lot of different providers. Right, So if they're in 40 countries, they might be using 30 or 40 vendors to do that payroll. Do you really see an environment where all of this convergence can exist with, within an environment where you have disparate payroll providers? I think it's going to become increasingly difficult to do that. Um, and I think the good news is technology is making it increasingly easier to have visibility. I think there's always going to be some of that last mile that's going to be very difficult to bring into uh, a universal system. But I think more and more, because of transparency, because of speed, uh, because of simply access to um, you know, computing functionality and computing power and the speed of internet access, et cetera, it's getting more and more possible to be able to have visibility across it. And I think the really important thing is, even if you have a few last mile uh, applications or services delivering in, in various countries, to be able to aggregate that data and have that visibility is so important. And also, when you think about some of these third-party benefits, they're going to be different in different countries. So to be able to, again, have that visibility from the core uh, payroll functionality, to be able to add these on in a localization way um, is going to be important. But again, it's that visibility that's at the core, that even if you're using these um, add-on applications or have some local functionality, really being able to see and view what that means for your bottom line and for your performance. So a lot of interesting topics we've covered today, a really dynamic environment happening both in the consumer side of things and the enterprise applications. And seeing them come together is going to be one of the biggest opportunities and one of the most interesting things in the payroll space and HR space for, you know, in the next 10 years. Do you have any kind of final thoughts on how you see the relationship between the employer and the employee changing? Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time to think about payroll. And that may sound a little bit um, oxymoronic, you know, exciting and payroll. But I really think because it's so fundamental, uh, people are realizing its value. And I think, you know, there's possible futures that I've thought about where maybe 
uh, a payroll organization owns the employer-employee relationship in terms of providing the paycheck and making sure taxation is taken care of and benefits are administered. And then people hire work as opposed to workers. You know, whether you work for the same people every day for 20 years or you work for six different employers a week in five different countries. I think this idea, you know, that it's opening up possibilities around who owns the payroll uh, and sort of benefits relationship versus the work you do. I think there's some really interesting opportunities to think about that, uh, what it plays into the gig economy. So I think we're really entering a time where we're able to have this deep relationship when it comes to your financial um, you know, well-being and your financial services and how that relates to work and being able to really rethink some of the models. So I think it's a really exciting time uh, for people to be thinking about payroll and what the possibilities are for how we structure work and how we structure work relationships. And that's really a fascinating topic of itself, right? The gig economy, what that's going to do to the contract uh, between the employer and the employee, and who is the contract going to be uh, executed between. So I'd love for you to come back to the show and just spend some time talking to us about that. I'd be happy to do that. It's, uh, you know, people may laugh at my passion for payroll, but I think it's really um, such an exciting topic and really something that we have not taken full advantage of. Molly, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great episode. Look forward to having you back on the show to talk about the gig economy and the contract between employers and employees. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Payday, the global payroll podcast from CloudPay. Make sure not to miss our next episode by subscribing at paydaypodcast.net. Until next time, I'm your host, David Brock. <laughs>